Well, that's the only announcement, guys. Isn't that exciting? It's summer. So the, the announcement is you're here. Good job. Um, I'm so excited to introduce the, the speaker this morning. There's so much I could say about this person. Uh, they, I could say they're an amazing spouse and their marriage is, is awesome, but that's not the most notable thing about them. And I could say um, that they, the way that they, she ex- exhibits leadership is just incredible. And in, in her work, I watch um, in, in her move in her work, and she's just an incredible leader. But that's, that's not actually the most notable thing about her. Uh, I could talk about all the, the ways that she's skilled, and she is ridiculously skilled in, in, she's an artist, and it's amazing, and it's frustrating as a fellow artist to watch someone who just picks things up like she does. But that's not the most notable thing about her. And arguably, you could say, and what I think is the most notable thing about our person speaking today is she has a passion for everything she does. She is either not interested or 100% all in, both feet, deep end. She doesn't tiptoe into the shallow end, decide, is this, is this going to be something I want? She cannonballs in and does everything 100%. And that is one of the most exciting things for me uh, about her, and it is just one of the things that you're going to be blown away about this morning. So uh, would you welcome my wife, Johanna Perales. Well, thanks, Kevin. I feel like you should be up here preaching. <laughs> well, like he said, my name's Johanna, but my friends call me Joe. Give me a second while I put this on. Um, and I'm Kevin's wife, and they do exist. I'm not sure why there's ever a question about that, but once I started coming back to church, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you exist. Like, you're really real. He wasn't lying. I was like, why would you think he was lying? I don't know, you guys all think that he lies, so there you go. That's on you, not on me. So I wanna do something really quick and just indulge me for a second. There's a group of people, ooh, I'm humming. Are we good? Okay. There's a group of people that decided to go camping this week and didn't invite us, and I just wanna take a selfie really quick to show them what they're missing out on. So can you guys do that with me really quick? So I'm gonna include everyone in here in on it. So on three, I want everyone to yell Team Paralysis just because I think it would be really fun and for some reason they thought we would be a great team to lead today. I'm not sure why that's on Kurt. Um, okay, is that everyone good? Everyone ready? Deep breath. Okay, because we're going to be really loud for this. All right, one second. Hold on. All right, everyone, on three. One, two, three. Team Paralysis. Awesome. Okay, now just give me one second because I need to text this to them. (laughs) I am texting in my sermon. One second. Look at what you're missing. All right. Thank you. I just, I don't know why, but I had to do that. I have to give them a bad time. So if you weren't here last week, Kurt preached on the tabernacle. And he preached on this idea of moving from religion into intimacy with God. And God put the tabernacle in the midst of the Israelites because he wanted to be among them. 
He wanted them to know him. He wanted them to have a deeper relationship with them. And I really struggled with what I was going to preach on this morning because I went to Bible college. I know how to interpret scripture. I know how to write a sermon. And every time I went to, to do that, I felt like God was saying, you need to share your testimony. Stop doing that. You need to share your testimony. And I kept saying, I don't want to do that. They don't want to hear that. There's no way I need to share this. It's, it's nothing. It means something to me, but it's nothing. And I heard him say, this is my story too. And they need to hear this. And so I want to ask you this morning, has there ever been one thing that you wanted from God? Just one thing. It didn't matter about everything else. All of that could just fade away. But there's just one thing that you desperately wanted from God. And what would happen if he didn't give it to you? What would happen to your relationship with him? And what would happen to your relationship with others? So we're gonna pray this morning and Christy Rogers is gonna pray for us. Thank you, Christy. Um, if you could lift us up, lift up um, the sermon and lift up another church, that'd be great. Holy, holy is the Lamb of God who was, who is, and who is to come. Father God, you are so worthy. You are so worthy, and we thank you for this day that we get to hear your living word, that every dry bone within us would come alive. Father God, we, we bless this message today that as your words are spoken, the views that have been tainted, Lord, would be no longer, that they would be washed from us and the truth would shine on us and we would have open arms and say we want more of you, Lord. So Father God, because we are all the temple of the living God, I just lift up every being among this world, Father God, that is your living temple to arise and shine and to know and to heed to your living word that they would be walking and active and loving the way that you love. So we thank you for this message, Lord, and we bless it in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So before I get into it, I actually want to ask a favor of all of you, because I know that we're a praying church, and I love that, and I love that we love praying for healing, and what I'm sharing this morning is really hard, and it's going to move you to want to pray for me, and please, please do. Kevin and I covet your prayers. We want your prayers, but I'm going to ask a favor. I'm going to ask you to not pray for me today. I'm gonna ask you that you would open your hearts to hear what God has to say for you because this isn't about me and I don't want it to be about me. That's not why I'm sharing this. So please, thank you for your prayers, but please just don't pray for me today. So <clears throat> I, grew up in the I grew up in a Christian church. From a very young age, I started going. I accepted Christ into my life at age six and I knew all the scriptures. I memorized everything. I mean, I could recite them to you off the bat. I was an A plus good Christian girl. 
I went to church every Sunday. I knew all the Christian lingo. But Christ didn't really become real to me until I hit middle school. Our church had just hired a new youth pastor. And I remember sitting in youth group and hearing his first sermon. And I remember watching him and thinking, man, whatever it is he has, I want it. I want it. I don't know what it is, but I want it. He had this passion for God that I'd never seen before, this deep love, and I wanted that relationship. And so from that moment on, I was on fire for God. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to live my life for Jesus. And if that meant going to China, I was going to go to China. If it meant going to Africa, I was going to Africa. It didn't matter. I was on fire. And he told me that he went to this little tiny Bible college down in Southern California called Life Bible College. And that, went in, that it was Life Pacific College and now is Life Pacific University. It's hard to keep up. They keep changing names a lot. So, um, so it's Foursquare. And he told me he went there and they said, you know what? If they can produce someone like him, then that's where I'm going to go. And so I decided I was going to Life. And that's where I met Kevin. And I went January 2015, and I came in halfway... 2005. 2005? That's right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> what year is it? All right. <laughs> January, thank you. January 2005. So, so I arrive in, into the college. I'm halfway, we're halfway through the school year. They do it in semesters. And in case you guys don't know, Bible college is where the young Christian people go to get married. Okay, you go there to meet your spouse. So they have a lot of lingo about it. Um, rain before spring or your money back. Um, life bridal college for the girls, you're getting your MRS degree. And so I come in and I'm completely, I know it's ridiculous. I come in and I'm completely oblivious to this. And I, I, it's me and like two other girls. Like it's a very small, um, halfway through the semester, new people coming in and all the guys notice. And again, I have no idea if they do, but everyone's super nice and they're all really chatty with me. And then I'm like, this is great. Like, this is a great place to be. I'm happy I came here. And to the point where they baked me a cake <laughs> and they brought it into the lunch cafeteria and saying me happy birthday. And my birthday's in October and it was January. It was ridiculous. And so I, um, I'm waiting outside of Kevin's dorm. It's a Sunday morning. I'm with a group of friends. And I'd always heard about Kevin, but I never actually met him up until that point. And we're standing there, and of course, he's a little bit lay as usual. And, <laughs> and we're standing there, we're talking, and out walks this really tall, lanky guy. And I immediately zero in on him. And I know some couples will say, oh, it was love at first sight, and they were so amazing and attractive. And I just need you guys to know it wasn't like that for us. <laughs> he walks out and he's wearing these tie-dye shorts. But they're not just tie-dye shorts, they were jean tie-dye shorts. I didn't even know those existed. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? So he's wearing jean tie-dye shorts, he's wearing soccer socks up to his knees. Okay, those really high soccer socks. And then it's funny because I was telling him, I was giving the sermon to him yesterday. And then I said, and he was wearing sandals. And I look at him and he starts going like this. And I was like, you weren't wearing sandals? He's like, no. I was like, well, what were you wearing? 
I'm not telling you. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it and I was like, oh my gosh, you're wearing moccasins. <laughs> it gets even better. <laughs> so he's wearing moccasins, he's wearing a um, LPC baseball cap on backwards. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, man, this guy really needs a girlfriend. <laughs> what is happening right now? And he comes out, we say our hellos, they introduce us, we all pile in the car and we end up staying next to each other and he hasn't talked to me for the entire car ride. Okay, this is the first time that a guy hasn't talked to me since I stepped foot on campus. And immediately I'm like, what is this guy's problem? We get to church, we have church, we get back in the car, drive back, we end up sitting next to each other again, and he doesn't talk to me. And I just think, wow, this guy's really rude. And I just kind of write him off like, okay, he dresses bad, like, <laughs> whatever, he's rude, I'm not going to talk to him. Well, it ends up that I hang out with his group of friends a lot, and so eventually we start talking. And one night, we're all hanging out, our campus at Life was beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's palm trees everywhere. They have really green grass. They have a volleyball court, and they have this really gorgeous gazebo right in the middle of the campus. And all of us were hanging out in the gazebo. And one by one, our friends started leaving. And, you know, they're going off to their dorm. They're going off to go to bed, do homework, whatever. And Kevin and I are talking. And we get into this really deep conversation. And I can't even remember what it was, but I think it was something about how um, we both came to life and our testimony, and he's sharing and he's talking, and we're both just really engaged, and all of a sudden he stops, and his face gets really serious, and he looks at me, and he's like, I just need you to know I'm not attracted to you in any way. <laughs> <laughs> And on the outside, I think I was pretty calm, but on the inside, I started panicking. <laughs> I was like, what? what did I say? Did I give him a look? Am I, am I flirting and I don't know it? How, why is he saying this to me right now? And so I start, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I looked at him and I was like, okay, thank you. Like, I don't know what to say. And I could tell immediately that he's panicking. He's like, I, I'm so, he realizes what he says. He's like, I am so sorry. That's not what I meant. I just meant I want to be friends with you. I'm not after you. I just want to be friends with you. And I understood that because of all the attention that I was getting from all the other guys. And he's like, I'm not like that. We're just friends. And so <laughs> somewhere in the back of my mind, I think when he said that, I thought, all right, dude, challenge accepted. <laughs> you think you're not attracted to me, you wait and see. <laughs> Obviously it worked, we're married now. We started dating not too long after that. Um, and then we got engaged and then we got married the summer between our junior and senior year. And everyone knows that once you get married, the very next question that you're asked is when are you having children? And we had discussed before, and we had decided that we were going to do a five-year plan. We're, we're young, we're in our early 20s, like we're still in school, let's finish that, let's find a place to settle, and then we'll start talking about having kids. We just celebrated our 12-year anniversary last month. And uh, thank you. Um, and it's been seven years since our five-year plan came and went. And I remember the day that I decided that I wanted to try having kids. 
we were driving back from Portland, and my brother and sister-in-law just had their first child, my nephew Asher. And I remember looking over at him and saying, kind of scared because I wasn't sure what he was going to say. But I said, babe, I'm ready to start having kids. And he looked back at me. He's like, I was thinking the same thing. And so we start trying. And I was so excited. I made all the lists. In case you guys don't know, want to know something about me, I love lists and I love planning. So if you never need something planned, just get my help and I'm on board. I made all the lists of all the boy names, all the girl names that I wanted, and I checked with Kevin, which do you like? And I crossed off the ones he did and circled the ones that he did. I made decisions on how the nursery was going to be, and are we going to do a theme, or how, you know, what things are we going to need? And I Pinterest all the things, okay? And I was trying to figure out how are we going to tell the parents, like, you know, we should really plan this out. It needs to be something dramatic. And... Months started going by, six months hit, and the fear started sinking in. And I started saying, you know what, God, it's okay. It's okay, you got this. It's okay, we'll be fine. Each month started out with hope that this was going to be our month, and each one ended in tears. And it just kind of became this roller coaster, and by the time a year hit, I was in this place of complete devastation. The lies started coming in. You're nothing. What's wrong with you? Your body can't even do what it was created to do. How pathetic. And I started asking God, why? Why? Why won't you let us have the one thing that we want? What did I do wrong? Because the religion says either you've done everything right and you deserve the blessing, or you've done something wrong so you don't get it. And I couldn't wrap my mind around this. I couldn't wrap my mind around why God would keep this from us. And we decided to see a fertility doctor and going in, I knew immediately going in, there was not going to be anything wrong with Kevin. I don't know how I knew, but I just knew. And I knew that it was going to be me. And I have to be honest, I prayed that I would find something, that they would find something. I prayed that there would be some kind of disease, that there would be anything, block tubes, anything. Because then at least I could blame it on that. And I didn't have to blame God. Because I didn't want to because it didn't fit in my box. And my box said that God was good, my box said that God was for me, but if God is good and God is for me, then why is this happening to me? So I pray, I was like, God, please, please let them find something. And we go to our results and we sit down and he tells Kevin, you're great, you're in good health. And I'm thinking, okay, yes, we already knew that. And he comes to me and he says, you know, we found some abnormal normalities, but we can't diagnose you with anything. You actually fall into this 1% category of unexplained infertility. And it devastated me. And I could feel in that moment, my heart became so hard. I became so angry. And for the first time in my life, I hated God. He wasn't who he said he was. 
For the first time in my life, I didn't know what to do with that because he was always my refuge. He was always the thing I ran to. He was always a place of comfort. He was my safe place, and for the first time, he wasn't. And he didn't know what to do. And I remember I was with a friend who has two little girls. And we were sitting there, and she was telling me how much of a joy her children were. And it's very natural. She's a mom, of course. And when you're in a healthy place, yes, children are amazing. But I was not in a good place. And the next thing that she said to me ripped me apart. She said, children are God's greatest blessing, aren't they? I remember looking at her, trying not to sob and saying yes. She had no idea what I was struggling with. But I went home and I locked myself in the bathroom and I just started screaming at God and crying and not understanding why I was in the place that I was. And I said, I'm done. I'm done. You're not who you said you are and I'm done. I'm leaving. I can't do this anymore. And so I walked away. I walked away from him. I walked away from church. I walked away from community. I was over it. I took all the feelings. I took this hurt and this pain and I just shoved it down and I just put on a smile on my face and I just said, I'm fine. I'm fine. I walked around like I was fine for two years. And then Foursquare brought their convention to Seattle. 2018, right? 18, okay, good. I'm on the right years now. So Foursquare brings their convention to Seattle. And Kurt asked Kevin, do you guys want to go? And Kevin said, oh, no, I'll have to check with Johanna. And he asked me, and my first response is, eh, I'm not really doing that Christian thing anymore. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? It'd actually be really nice to see my friends from college. And so I told him, yeah, I'll go. So we get there, and we get into the auditorium, and they're playing worship, and we sit in the back, and keen of my heart comes on. And we sing through the verse, and we get to the chorus, you are good. And immediately I shut down. Immediately I stop singing. Immediately I can no longer speak. And I close my eyes, and all the anger and all the hurt that I have pushed down for two years start bubbling up. And I cry out to God, I say, Lord, I want to believe so badly that you're good, but I don't anymore. And I don't know what to do with that. And I just heard as clear as day, God say, remember my promise. And in that moment, it kind of felt like a movie flashback with the main character goes back in time and remembers a moment. And God brought me back to this moment where I'm talking with this stranger and she finds out that I'm a Christian. She finds out that I'm going to Bible college and we're having this conversation. And in the middle of the conversation, she stops and she looks at me and she says, you're gonna have three children, two girls and a boy. And then she continues right into their conversation like nothing happened. And I remember sitting there being so confused, like what just happened? This was before Kevin and I were ever married. And I didn't know what to do with it. And I walked away and I was like, God, what is this? 
And I realized something. I realized the only reason she gave that to me is if I'm gonna have a hard time having kids. And so immediately I rebuked it because I didn't want that to be my story. I didn't want that to be my life. So I rebuked it and I forgot about it. So come back to convention and I'm sitting in the back and keen of my heart is on and I'm crying out to God and God says, remember my promise and immediately he brought that to mind. And immediately I felt all the anger in my heart dissipate. Immediately I felt it start to soften. And immediately I was completely humbled. And I heard as clear as day, I am good. I knew, I knew you were gonna go through this. I knew you were gonna walk away from me. I knew you weren't gonna be able to handle it. And I made sure that I gave you a promise that would bring you back to me because I love and I care for you that much. And immediately in my next response is, I'm all in. I'm all in. But whatever it was that we had before, I don't want it. I don't want it. I want true intimacy with you. I want to really know you. The next thing I heard is something that I hear every single day, every time I come to the presence of God. And he said, it's going to be okay. I've got this. So Kevin preached last spring on Abram. Let me come down to my notes. So Kevin preached last spring on Abram. And I was sitting in here, I was saying a couple rows back, and he read Genesis 15.5, and I just want to read that really quickly to you guys. The Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord and counted to him as righteousness. When Kevin read that up, on, put that on the screen and read it, it felt like God put his hand on me in a second and asked me, do you believe my promise I gave you? And immediately I said, yes. I didn't know at the time what, how, like how that was affecting me or what happened, but I just felt like I needed to respond, yes. A week later, a friend told me that she was pregnant. And I missed this part in telling you guys, whenever people would announce that they were pregnant or they were having children or anything to do with kids, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it because it reminded me of my faults and I was in a broken place and it just felt like people were stabbing me in the heart. So she comes and she tells me I'm pregnant and my immediate response was, I'm so excited for you. And I actually meant it. I actually felt excitement for her. And I sat there and I was dumbstruck. I was like, I couldn't believe it. And I kind of rejoiced with her. I was so excited. And I realized something. I realized God healed me. But he didn't heal me in the way I was asking him to. He healed me in the way that I needed him to. He didn't heal me physically. He healed me emotionally. See, he restored my relationship with him, and then he restored my relationship with others so I could be in true community with them. 
So uh, Nashville was where Foursquare had their next convention. And we went back in May. And we went because every time I thought about it, I really felt in my heart that God said, you need to go to this. So I told Kurt and Julie, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm supposed to be going to this. And they said, great, come along. And so we went, and there are a billion reasons every day why I was supposed to go to it. It was amazing, it impacted my life. Like, I just, it blew my mind. But there was one moment at the very beginning that if it had only been for this moment, it would have been worth it. We we get there and they're worshiping, and we walk in, and the very first song is King of My Heart. And I stop, and I let it sink in, and I just realize, wow, what a year, what a difference a year makes. Because I'm not that person anymore. Because I'm healed, because I'm restored, because I'm at such a better place. And don't get me wrong, my relationship with God, before I knew God, I loved God. If you had asked me, no, I wasn't playing the religion game. My relationship with God wasn't transactional. But through all this, God brought that up. God helped me to see how transactional my relationship with him was. And he helped me to see that I needed healing. And I just want to tell you this morning, wherever you're at, I want you to know that God is good. And I'm not just saying that because it's what we're supposed to say. But God is really good. And some of you may be sitting here this morning and you don't believe that. You're questioning that. Something's happening in your life that you're saying, I don't know. I don't know anymore. But he is good. And he loves you. And he wants to bring healing. And I know I said at the beginning, don't pray for me, but I just want to extend this. I'd like to pray for you. If this touched you this morning and you want healing or you want just prayer, please come see me afterward. I want to pray for you. So let's pray. Lord, I just come before you and we just thank you this morning, God. We thank you for your goodness, Father. But mostly we thank you, Lord, that you never stop running after us. that you love us, God, that you want true and deep intimacy with us. And Lord, I just pray in this moment right now, if there's anyone that needs healing, God, I pray that you would invade their heart and bring healing. I pray, Lord, that in places where people are experiencing depression, you bring joy. I pray, Lord, that no matter what, that you would invade their life, that you would bring the ruins to life, God, because that's what you do. You breathe in and you bring life. And so I ask for life. I ask for deeper relationships. I ask for deeper intimacy with you, God. Lord, that we would know the fullness of your love for us and that we would experience that, Father. In your name, amen. Amen. Would you give Johanna a hand as she steps off the You're incredible. You're amazing.
I'm just so blessed to be married to you. Uh, in, in her run through, she said, and she didn't say, uh, the sermon doesn't end with a pregnancy announcement. So, sorry. Uh, but it's just, it's so much better. It's, it's, I love that. So reach in front of you and grab the two cups, if you will. You know, I remember in Seattle when we were driving home after hearing you were good and Johanna was saying, I don't understand the bridge of that song because it says, uh, you're never going to let me down. And I don't know how to process that because I feel like he has let me down. And then in, in Nashville, watching him as the, the bridge of that song came on and she, her hands were lifted up. She's just giving him praise and saying, you're never going to let me down. It feels like you let me down, but I was wrong. You didn't let me down. It's one of the most amazing moments for me in my life, watching that transformation in you. So lift up this first cup that is the bread. And Jesus, we come into your presence. And you've never let us down, but we've let you down. We let you down all the time, every single day. We created a situation where you needed to send your son to die on a cross for us. And so to represent that, we stick our finger in this bread and we crush it. Because for my actions, my sin, my brokenness, my choices, we created a situation where your body needed to be broken. And we're just so grateful that you sent your son on a cross to die for us and our brokenness. So we take the bread with that in mind. Take the bread. Then we lift up that second cup. The juice that represents your blood. Jesus, we thank you that your blood covers. Your blood washes away. Your blood brings wholeness. In, uh, in Romans, it says that we are dead to our sin. And when you're dead, the old rules don't apply to you anymore. But because of your blood, Jesus, we are resurrected. We're made new. We're a new creation with a new set of rules, a new set of things that apply to us. And that old sin nature is no longer true. The old lies we believed are no longer true. That old religious transactional relationship with you is no longer true. And it's because of your blood. And so we thank you for your blood. And in gratitude, we take this cup and we drink this juice that represents your blood. Stand before